0: Well, welcome back to the Dwell podcast everyone. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about kindness and compassion. Our verse this month is be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ. God forgave you it's from Ephesians 432 and Ruth Cho Simons is with us Um, she was here last week and if you didn't hear that episode you should go back and listen to it just to find out a little bit about what's going on in her life but today we're going to dig into this idea of kindness and compassion welcome Ruth
1: Mm, thanks for having me back
0: Yeah. So I would love to focus in on what does it mean to be kind? What does it look like to be compassionate? Mm. And I would love to hear um, if you have an idea of like a time in your life when someone was particularly kind to you. Sometimes that's Mm. a good place to start with like a personal reference of like, oh, I know what it feels like to be treated this way.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny how kindness is almost like a silly antiquated idea these days but really we know we know that when we have experienced kindness and we know when we have um seen the fruit of kindness and so for sure it's such a worthy topic to talk about today you know i think about how um as a mom um i think i shared in the last podcast that you know i'm a mama to six and my oldest they're all boys and my oldest is um 19 and my youngest is about to turn 8 and i think early on as a mom, you can either find yourself surrounded by people who are constantly telling you the way it should be and the, the rules and the formulas in which that happens. But when you find an older woman in the Lord who comes alongside and says, listen, like there's so much grace here. Let's work through how in your own heart and in your own life, you need to grow in these things. I just know, I mean, I can't even name even just one person, but I can distinctly think through a couple of relationships in both directions. I know the times when I was potentially confronted or called out and like I'm not doing it well enough. And then I remember times where I've had a few women in my life who came alongside and said, don't freak out. It's okay that... um, you know, the library asked you to leave because your children were so loud. Um, Those are hard things to share with somebody, you know, when you break down and say, Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe I just got asked to leave the library because my kids were so wild and rambunctious. It's you wouldn't know it now when you see the Simons boys. But that took a long time that there was a Mm -hmm. process of developing and growing. And so for the young mamas out there who are like, Oh my goodness, I just feel like if I don't hold it together, if I'm not perfect, I'm not going to have friends. My friends won't want their kids to hang out with my kids. And so, when you meet another woman, whether she's a peer or an older woman in the Lord, and there's grace, that's when you know there's kindness because kindness and grace really go hand in hand. It's not the kind of grace, it's biblical grace. It's not grace that says, um, there's no need to grow in this area, it's grace that says, you're not the ultimate source of perfection, and that's okay. And when we look at Ephesians four thirty-two, I mean, be kind to one another, um, tender-hearted. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about you know, tender-hearted and compassionate. These words all mean a change in our posture and demeanor towards somebody else, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I come to you, Natalie, and my posture is pride and confidence that. I know I am the standard I know it's right I'm never going to be able to show you compassion I'm never going to be able to be tender-hearted towards you I won't be able to put myself in your shoes that's what kindness compassion and tenderness really are all about tender heartedness is to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to be able to think through the way they might feel the the way they might be struggling we can be in disagreement and you know I, I think I I shared that one of the main things about this verse right now that's hitting me is that I work on the internet and the internet is a really, really difficult place these days because everyone wants to be heard and known, but that's not really a place and a platform. It's not like your kitchen table where you can have a long, hospitable, drawn out conversation where you serve up tea and more tea and cookies and (laughs) talk about difficult things. That's not the environment that the internet is. It's a difficult place where sound bites have you canceled, comments make you want to pull away and never speak again. Those are difficult places to have compassion and tenderheartedness because everybody is just wanting to make their position known. And, And I think even when we are legitimately trying to stand for something that might be polarizing, unintentionally even, maybe we, we even as a believer, maybe being a believer is polarizing. Maybe being a Christian who loves the word of God is no longer acceptable. We can still have compassion and kindness and tenderheartedness as we stand for the truth of God's word, right? We can still say, I'm going to put myself in the place of Somebody who's been hurt. Somebody who maybe did not go to a healthy church. Somebody who maybe has never been discipled. How do I show compassion to somebody who thinks that they're just angry at me, but they're really struggling to know the one true God?
0: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I mean, and I think really the verse that we're we're looking at speaks to this idea mm-hmm. of that motivation, that our motivation for kindness, our motivation for compassion for other people, is the way that we have been treated in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are we're not allowed to cancel people or mm-hmm. to um, hold out on kindness and compassion because mm-hmm. if if anybody had any right to do that, it was it was the Lord, and and that. yet He extended us such deep and selfless kindness so when you're in a situation uh, maybe even a a personal situation where someone Mm -hmm. is it's just difficult Mm -hmm. to be kind and compassionate to what do you do in that situation Mm. how do you work through you you know because reality is like we're not robots we can't just make ourselves do things do we just fake it till we make it do we you know like how do we Find that motivation. Right. How do we connect with that? What, what what we know is true as believers that because we've been mm-hmm. treated so kindly, we should be kind. But when we're not yeah. feeling it, like how do we do that?
1: Yeah. So I will start by saying that first and foremost, as believers, we need to also not just excuse either abuse or oh, hurtful yes. behavior. Like I just want to say that first because I think the church sometimes has a hard time calling that out, and we mm-hmm. we we somehow. In effort to talk about grace and forgiveness, we somehow like just throw everything in the same pile and forget to enable and encourage, um, especially women to not stand for, abusive behavior or, Mm -hmm. um, or verbal abuse or any of those things. So, so I just want to say that right up front that this is why it's important to be connected to godly people, Bible believing people in your local community, that it's not enough just to listen to a podcast and go, and that's the way I'm going to do everything, like invite people into your life because (laughs) I, Ruth Simons do not, I, I cannot, Natalie, and you can't either. We cannot look into our listeners' lives and know how they should deal with the circumstance in their life. So I will just say that right up front because everything I say Mm -hmm. after this um, is in the light of and in the context of having some healthy boundaries, having people in our lives who can say that's not healthy, that's not right, or we need counseling or whatever it is. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. so for sure, you know, that's in that context, but I think, you know, one of the things that I think about, um, you know, in the context of it being just normal relationships, normal difficult things. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what if you have a family member who always passive aggressively says something that is kind of hurtful and not very kind at a family dinner? Okay, we all kind of have potential situations <laughs> yes, like that. Or somebody who tells you how to do your mothering when you or didn't invite or ask for advice on something, you know, like I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't, or you should really consider, you know, those those are things that sometimes sting and hurt um, mm-hmm. and feel like, oh my goodness, this is a really difficult situation. I'm about to go into that social setting or the, the dinner party or Thanksgiving dinner with somebody who always rubs me the wrong way or seems to always say something that undermines my ability to be a good wife or the mom that God's called me to be or is always disapproving. So we all have those Mm -hmm. kinds of situations Mm -hmm. within normal context. And, you know, this is not totally hypothetical in the case of Ruth Joe Simons. Like this is probably something that I encounter (laughs) regularly. And I'm just being honest that plenty of friendships, plenty of family relationships, lots of things that um, we could label and say, gosh, that was hurtful. And rather than simply say, you know, just avoid that person, or um, I'm going to go sit on the other side of the room and never talk to them. Um, Within a healthy context, within the context of, hey, we are believers, or even if somebody in your life is not a believer, what you choose to do and how you engage that person has more to do with what you believe about God than what you believe that person deserves. I can feel that that family member doesn't deserve uh, me giving an answer for something. And sometimes they don't like I, maybe they don't need to know why I defend my choices to homeschool, for example, or whatever, you know, um, it doesn't mean that I have to answer everything, but how I choose to engage that person is a testimony to what I believe about God. And that even goes back to that difficult intro that I'm making about even when things are literally needing intervention, right? You mm-hmm. could choose to not let that person harm you or um, passive-aggressively cause verbal harm, whatever it is, you know? And so I'm not saying I am no expert in that. I'm just wanting to clarify and make sure that we're not saying, hey, between me and God, it's okay, so therefore I can tolerate anything. That's not okay. But within the context of real, just messy relationships, messy family relationships, messy church relationships, we get to, and this, and anyone who knows me knows that I use this word a lot, but we get to rehearse the truth of our redemption story and what the Mm. gospel says about who we are in Christ. We get to rehearse that in a daily way, in a minute by minute way, so that when we engage somebody who is um, maybe speaking out of their hurt or just chooses to be unkind or is passive aggressive or simply doesn't seek to understand our point of view, we don't have to bend and become somebody who's not Christ-like on account of their behavior. We Mm -hmm. can still maintain kindness. We can still maintain tenderheartedness. We can still have compassion simply because we've already done the work of rehearsing the truth of the gospel in our own lives so that we have a reservoir of that to offer when we approach somebody else.
0: Yes. Amen. I love that. And I love what you said about how our behavior communicates something. Mm-hmm. Um, not just as does it, it doesn't just communicate, you know, what we believe in to ourselves, mm-hmm. which is important, yes. but it communicates to that other person. Right. You know, the, the last thing that we want to be is uh, hypocritical to the very people who think we're hypocritical. Right. Right. <laughs> you know uh that's Mm -hmm. so it is so hard though because i know uh just from my own experiences that there are certain people that like you know push my buttons or whatever Mm -hmm. and usually there's a history there and it's really hard to break those patterns
1: sure Uh, and we don't have to pretend like you what you said earlier you know do we fake it till we make it or or do we have to just put on a grin and be like sticky sweet nice like oh Mm -hmm. i represent christ so i'm going to be like Fake and loving in the moment, no you're not <laughs> representing Christ when you do that. I think right. what the reality is first of all, I think I mean this is what I do in my own life. I do the work behind the scenes in the mm. in the quietness of my prayer life, in the work that I do, coming to the Lord when I don't feel like it in the mornings, and saying lord i I'm running up against this continual issue with this person. I need to have a change of heart before I can engage that person. So like recognizing Mm -hmm. that you have to do that work yourself apart from that person altogether, right? But then the secondary thing I think is that we don't fake happiness. We don't fake like, oh, I like you so much. You're my best friend. We don't have to fake those things. But I think we lead out by treating others the way we want to be treated. So if we want to be treated with respect, if we, want to, if we want somebody to make eye contact with us, then we need to offer those things as well, whether it's easy or not, whether we fully understand that person or not, whether that person's given us the benefit of the doubt or not. We say, okay, um, I've done the work in my own soul, so I'm not going to be reactive. I'm not going to blow up. And Um, get all, you know, snarky in this moment. But also, I'm going to remember that I've been called to love my neighbor as myself. And how do I want to be loved? I want to be treated like I have dignity and respect no matter what. Um, And that we can disagree. We can disagree on small things or big things. We can disagree on, you know, how I load the dishwasher to what I think (laughs) theologically. We can disagree on those things and still treat each other with respect and kindness and care about the road you've walked.
0: Mm. I love that. I think that's essential. I think sometimes when we think about these these concepts of kindness and compassion, mm-hmm. uh, it seems very easy, like like the signs that we see that say, mm-hmm. be kind, mm-hmm. like as if we could just muster that up right. and, and everyone right. can do it. Why aren't mm-hmm. we all doing that? But it, when the rubber meets the road, it really is hard. And I, I'm excited because even though we're running out of time in this episode, in our next episode, we're going to talk about how forgiveness ties mm-hmm. into that. And the reality is we're gonna fail. Yes. People are yes. gonna fail us and we are gonna fail. And we all need that forgiveness. We need the forgiveness of the Lord, we need the forgiveness of other people, and especially people that we have conflict with. Mm-hmm. Like what a beautiful thing that is to offer people um, something unique and different that they probably, the re, part of the reason maybe they are where they are is because they haven't seen enough of that exactly. in their lives. So I'm so excited, Ruth. That was lovely. I love hearing from you and I'm excited to get to hear from you one more Mm -hmm. time. And and next time we're going to talk about forgiveness. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at DwellDifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.